BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Traveling for one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Do yourself a favor. Stay at Graduate Hotels, Bridgestone Arena, Target Center. Their hotels are close to both tournament venues. So why would you stay anywhere else? I love staying at the Nashville location, and I'll be at the Minneapolis location for the Big Ten Championship. And if you're one of my listeners, you can save 30% off with the promo code DOUG. That's DOUG, D-O-U-G. Good at any Graduate Hotels location, up to 30% off. How do you do it? Really simple. Book today at graduatehotels.com. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. What up? It's Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. On this gorgeous Monday midday on the left coast, the best coast. If you're on the east coast, that's right. We got some love for you. Football season's officially here. This is a game week, kids. Week zero, as they're calling it, in college football. We got Monday night football tonight. New Monday night football crew, part two. We can discuss that. 877 on Fox, phone number, Twitter handle, at Gottlieb Show. Dave Revson's going to join us. He's the lead, uh, lead host for the Big Ten Network since its infancy. He's been to every camp in the Big Ten. Every team in the Big Ten, he will see in person. And so even though I usually don't have, I'm usually not a host guy, right, because hosts aren't paid to give their analysis, I just want his general sense of things. And then I want to get to what he thinks of this uh the secret coaches poll that has James Franklin as the most overrated coach in college football. That one seems odd. And then uh, I also want to get his take on Maryland and Ohio State. What happens there? All obviously in the Big Ten East. Speaking of James Franklin, he'll join us later on the show. So will John Middlecoff from the Three and Out podcast, which you can pick up on uh, the Herd Podcast Network. So we got a ton of things to get to. You heard from Isaac Lowenkron. Adrian Peterson is now a Washington Redskin. 
For a guy who wanted to be a cowboy his whole life to be a Redskin, we got some Jets stuff to talk about, some Bills stuff to talk about, some Brown stuff to talk about, some Cowboys stuff to talk about. We got a lot to get to. Let's get to the story which continues on here in the preseason. And I'm very cautious to not talk about stories that are too inside the beltway. Now, if you don't understand the reference inside the beltway, um, Washington, D.C., inside the beltway, that's where politics are, right? And so you don't talk like in po- inside politics with and the average listener, if you will. You know, you just don't because I'm talking about even even political listener or if you're, you're political opinionist, because there are things about how things are done in Washington, which it becomes mundane inside the beltway. That's the reference. You know, like I won't I wouldn't talk about how certain recruits get to certain teams and all the different working uh, pieces that are in place in order to land a player. You just talk about the players and who got guys and who didn't. So I'm very cautious with the NFL to not talk about kind of inside the beltway stuff. But I, I, I do think that the helmet rule is not necessarily as much inside the beltway as it, feel, as it feels now. Um, because right now it really only affects the players and the fans don't really care. But I do think that at some point you are going to care because it's going to be called at an inopportune moment very early in the season. Richard Sherman said, tweet, there's no, quote, make adjustment to the way you tackle. Even in a perfect form tackle, the body is led by the head. The rule is idiotic and should be dismissed immediately. When you watch rugby rugby players tackle, they still lead with their head. We'll be flag football soon. Now, I think Richard Sherman's a smart guy, but I think this is this is what NFL players do. This is what they do. And frankly, it's what politicians do as well. Where they take a portion of the truth, they take a portion of the truth and uh, they they make it seem as though it's the entirety of the truth. Right? The idea of leading with the helmet, sure, the head naturally leads the body. But no one, and I mean no one, thinks that that you're not you're gonna somehow lead with a different part of your body. They're just not. The whole idea of it is to get to you to see what you hit. Right? That's the whole idea of it. And when they say lead with your helmet, they mean the top of your the top of your hat or your bonnet, as I used to call when I played football. I didn't say I played back when they had bonnets. I'm just saying uh, leading with the crown of your helmet has never been allowed. So, look, I understand that right now you probably look at it the way I do. These are football players worrying about football plays. It doesn't affect me. Just tell me how it affects my fantasy team or how it affects my real team. On the other hand, it probably will affect your fantasy team and your real team in terms of touchdowns, yards gained, etc. First thing I can tell you is everybody in football thinks scoring is going to be up. It's an offensive league. They've already taken away how long you can grab and hold and, and bump and be physical with a wide receiver. You can't really touch a quarterback unless he absolutely has the football. And even then, you got to be cautious of hitting him from the neck up. And all of these are in the mind of safety, but also in the mind of offensive football. But here's my thing to Richard Sherman. What you're saying is that we are not capable of evolving as a people. That this is the way it's done, and that's the only way it can be done. Which I find to be ironic, don't you? Especially when somebody is bright as a Richard Sherman, who is forward thinking, who wants to change ways we look at salaries, we look at free agency, we look at offense, we look at defense from a schematic perspective, we look at athletes. Players want to evolve all the time. They just don't want the rules to evolve. You know what this is like? This is like flip phone guy to a uh, smartphone with the touchscreen guy. Or this is, if you're an Apple guy, you're an Apple 6 or 8 guy, like the Apple 10. Wait, there's no home button? What am I ever going to do? This is the dumbest thing ever. 
facial recognition technology has to have a flaw, and it probably does, but you can still enter the code. You take away one thing that people think is normal, that they've grown accustomed to, and it rattles them a little bit. It's happened with rules, seatbelt law, helmet law, cell phone law, etc. Heck, it happened. People forget that Mothers Against Drunk Driving were the ones that finally made us as a country serious about people driving drunk. They just did. They just did. And, and because when drunk driving laws went into effect, people at the time, there was outrage. Like, what do you mean I can't go out and have a couple pops? How will I ever get home? How will I ever get home? Hey, listen, when, when, when you went from taxis to Uber, I don't want some random stranger picking me up. Press a button and they can locate me. That means the man can locate me. Anything that changes, even for the better, is usually met with hesitation. And so Richard Sherman, who has a brain worth protecting, is only using part of it. And in his effort to defend the way it's always been done, it's always it's interesting to me that a younger generation that thinks, as I think, if you lead with, well, this is the way we've always done it, so that must be the way to always do it, right? You ever heard that before? And when you hear it, if you're a smart person, you're like, wait a second, hold on. There's always new ways to do things. There really is. New ways to do things. When you hear it, you start to roll your eyes. That's all football players are telling us. Listen, there's no way to take the helmet out of football. My name's Richard Sherman. I'm really smart, and I want people to believe that I'm really smart, and I'm evolved, and I continue to challenge myself to think and try new things, with the exception of how I apply my craft in football. Saying that the NFL is trying to take the helmet out of the game, it means the helmet, not the face mask. It means the top or the crown of the helmet, not the actual head in many ways. Yeah, there's going to be concussions. Yeah, there's going to be nasty hits. Yeah, there's going to be blown calls. And oh yeah, by the way, I mean, the likelihood is like any sort of officiating, it's more stringent early. And then of course, late, it's just let them play. Sure, it could affect a championship game. It could affect, uh, uh, you know, 15 yards here, 15 yards there. But if Richard Sherman wasn't paying attention, one of the most respected middle linebackers in the game, playing for a franchise that poops out linebackers the way that Nick Saban says we can't poop out players. The Pittsburgh Steelers, Ryan Chazier was motionless on a football field not 12 months ago. We all saw it. The NFL saw it and said, this would be really bad. Listen, I, I don't know if you've ever thought about this. You probably have. You just don't utter it out of your mouth. And the difference between you and me is I say what I think. We are running a course to which at some point there's going to be a dead body on a football field if we don't change things. Athletes are bigger, stronger, faster, more athletic. And the technology has not, nor can it really keep up with the sport. Just can't. There's always going to be collisions. There's always going to be moments to which you can't, you got to wonder with somebody's intent to do harm, to break up a pass or simply to do their job. But imagine if Ryan Shazier would have died. He's already lost his football career. Would that have been enough for you to change your perspective? And then from a playing perspective, you didn't watch the Saints. They had a rookie cornerback who had a chance to simply make a a tackle on Stephon Diggs. And he whiffed. Why? Because he led with the crown of his helmet. Instead of having his arms out, his head, his head up in a perfect stance to see what he was hitting and wrapping up Stefan Diggs. And look, wrapping up is hard. Everybody knows it's hard. The thing about the helmet is it's a lot like steroids. It works and no one's disputing it. You hit a guy in the legs with your helmet when he's running. You run in his feet, you dip your head, you hit him in the legs with the helmet, he's going down. Whereas if you see what you hit, 
and you're in proper position, one, you're not going to be as athletic in terms of darting towards the ball. And two, there's a chance guy runs through your body, through your arms and kicks you and keeps marching down the end zone. That's okay. We'll give up a touchdown if it saves us your brain or your spine. I don't know if Richard Sherman saw this. He's a native of California, of Compton, in fact. There's 10,000 less high school football players signed up this year in the state of California than there were just last year. 10,000. So the idea that we're going to do this the way we've always done it because that's the only way to do it is some old school myopic weird thinking, especially for a guy as smart, and future-thinking, forward-thinking, as Richard Sherman. And it shows you just how poor his argument actually is. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. So here's something that's that's pretty amazing to me. Um, really fascinating to me. I think the Jets are going to start Sam Darnold I think that some of it's his play, some of it's the way Sam is, some of it's they're in New York, some of it's that, you know, the Giants should have taken him at number two for their future. I think all of these things play a factor in them. But I have said on multiple shows over the past week or so, I think that's a mistake because I think they're rushing it. They're rushing it. Now, USC waited a couple of extra games before they started him. This is going back two years ago. And though they weren't able to compete for a national championship, and I don't believe the Jets would be competing for a playoff spot, it didn't put him in any, any bad spot that he didn't start the first three games, did it? Huh. I was at a redshirt freshman. He got a chance to start at USC, and by the end of the season, he was the Rose Bowl MVP in an incredibly exciting Rose Bowl. That did, that did happen in my... That happened? Yes, that happened. So we have history as a guy. Now, look, some of these quarterbacks, Carson Wentz, everybody remembers, well, there's like 3-0 and to start the year. You know they ended up 7-9, and thus they went 4-9 and the rest of the way. Carson Wentz actually wasn't great as a rookie. He recovered quite nicely and could have been, should have been, would have been the MVP had he not gotten hurt last year. Jared Goff recovered nicely. Marcus Mariota started right away, and it's been, ah, okay. We've had a little bit of both. We've had guys that worked out, guys that didn't work out. I think Sam Donald's awesome, but I think they're rushing this thing. They don't have a good offensive line, don't have a good running game. They don't really have a tight end that anybody's interested in. Like, they're rushing him a little bit. And so I'm concerned that he's going to be under duress with limited talent, getting some bad habits, could get hit, could get hurt. But more than anything, you develop bad habits and you, you, you establish yourself as a guy. And we're not sure heading into year two. We're not sure. Do you ever remember Christmas Eve when you were wishing for that? You had kind of kicked it around to your parents, this present that you really wanted. You talked about it. You asked Santa for it at the mall. Listen, mom and dad, if Santa doesn't bring it to you, maybe you guys could go out and get it. Like, this is what I really, really, really want. And you'd push and push and push and push and push. You ever have one of those? And then Christmas morning comes and you open it up and man, this happened to my son. He got a, um, he got a drone. One of those little drones from Santa. It's pretty cool. And I remember like, Hey, do you really know how to use that thing? And he kind of read the directions and he kind of knew what he was doing. And he's like, Dad, do you know how to use this thing? He's like, kind of, not really, sort of, not sure. Hey, you know what let's do? Let's go take it out back and give give it a shot anyway. Put batteries in it. It was cool. It goes up, it goes down, it goes around, it goes left, it goes right. And then all of a sudden, it goes over the house. It crashes, it breaks into a hundred pieces. Because he really didn't know what we were doing. Actually, I really didn't know what I was doing. You want to be honest with me? I broke my son's drone, that's what happened. That's actually, Ramos, that's actually, embarrassingly enough, I didn't, I read the directions and he was 
seven at the time, <laughs> and I broke his drone. Well, at least you came came through and you're honest about it, so that's good. No, listen, he was there, so it wasn't like I, it wasn't like he broke his drone. He was at summer <laughs> okay. camp, and I was like, yeah. "Hey, hey, buddy, who broke your drone? That's terrible. I can't believe somebody did that. That's awful. Who would do something like? No, that's not what happened. He was there. I broke. He's like, Dad. I was like, Sorry, dude. I don't really know how to use it. You know, what we should have done. We should have waited. We should have waited and took it to like an open field in perfect weather and practiced it some going up, going down, going up, going to the left, going to the right, back to the left, settling down, going up and around and around, both of us doing it. And that way we had plenty of soft surfaces. And if it started to get out of control, we could slowly lower it down and land it on the ground. But we didn't. And you know what the other thing about it is? We could never get it fixed. And we sent it back in, and finally they sent us another one, and the other one didn't work. And then we finally were like, you know what? Let's not get a drone. Let's just use the credits and get video games with it. So I, 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 it's not that I don't think Sam Bradford's great. I think we're just right. Well, he's our franchise quarterback. Okay, well, the franchise is not going away in the first five games this season. Nobody thinks the Jets are making the playoffs. Nobody thinks their line's any good, the running game's any good. And even though you look at the schedule like, man, we could beat some of these teams early on, don't you think those teams are thinking we could beat the Jets early on? Like, that's what you hear from people. Like, well, you know, I wouldn't normally want to play them. But, you know, you open up at, at the Lions versus the Dolphins, at the Browns and at the Jaguars. Like, ee. Week five, Broncos at home. Week six, Colts at home. That's where you want to start them. That's where you want to be. Now, I, do I think they're going to start them right away? I do, but I think it's a mistake, especially when you have a backup quarterback in uh, Teddy Bridgewater who does have some, does have a lot of trade value, and you have Josh McCown who can be a starter but's the consummate backup. Donald's the guy, and nobody's disputing that. But there is just be, just because you're like, man, I've been waiting all off season for this uh, for this drone. It doesn't mean you break it out of the package and use it before it's ready or before you're ready to use it. Rushing things never seems like a good idea, and I understand it's New York, and I understand that there have been guys that have failed in the first year and recovered. But I'm not saying you sit in the whole year. I'm just saying, man, I'm concerned behind that offensive line. Really, really. Really concerned. Uh, Very concerned. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. If you go to the Hurt Now Podcast Network, you check out my all-ball podcast. That's all hoops. You can also check out John Middlecoff's 3 and Out podcast. It's outstanding. He's a former NFL scout and a good one. You should follow him on uh, on Twitter and on Facebook. He breaks down players for you, and he joins us right now on the Doug Gottlieb Show. And get ready to see Andrew Luck play tonight. John, I'm wondering what your thoughts are on uh, the surgically repaired shoulder of Andrew Luck and what we should expect from him this season. You know, I, I don't. My expectations aren't that high. He hasn't played football in two years. Uh, I, I, I thought he was clearly one of the best young players we, you know, we'd ever seen for those first three years. That that team was god awful, and he led them to the playoffs. And every year they won an extra game, and you know it looked like he was headed straight towards the Hall of Fame and was going to win championships. And then it obviously got derailed because Ryan Grixon couldn't get him an offensive line to save his life. I, I, I'm rooting for him. I hope he bounces back. But I, I really can't gain much from the preseason unless he's getting rattled, you know, in terms of being hit a lot. And as we see in these preseason games, there it's not the most physical, violent game, partly because the, the referees now, but just, just in general. So until, to me, he plays multiple regular season games uh, and proves that he can get up, and continue to make throws, I, I'm i going to be nervous. I mean, he, he went a long time, Doug, without playing. That's pretty wild. It's not like he missed six games or even a season. I mean, he's been out of our life. I, I think I heard on the radio this weekend, he hasn't played in a, a regular season game in over 600 days. That's crazy. That's crazy. What about, what about Flacco? Uh, I'm not as big on Lamar Jackson at this point as other people are. I think they're smart to use him in different creative ways. But, I, you know... The speed isn't as great on the field as I would have thought, not able to run away from those defensive ends and linebackers, and he's still not really comfortable in the pocket. So it's live or die with Flacco. Should have made the playoffs last year. What have you seen from Flacco so far? 
Uh, you know, I've never been the biggest Joe Flacco guy, just in general. Uh, and clearly, he's been terrible the last couple of years. Now, in fairness to him, their offensive personnel has been pretty bad. Yeah, uh, I like I like Michael Crabtree. He should be a big addition to him. Uh, if they can get any sort of run game going, it should help out Joe. But he, he just he hasn't been a very good passer the last couple of years. I, I'm with you on Lamar. You know, when Lamar Jackson's highlights go viral during the preseason, it's him, or I guess. They've only played one game. It was him making the run. No, they played two. They played two. They played the the, the uh, Hall of Fame game too. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right. And in that game, I had a buddy with the Bears that was just you know they're live and was just kind of saying you know he clearly really struggled to throw the ball in that game. Now the Hall of Fame game, especially for young players, you almost have to throw it out. It's not even really fair to judge them. But the next game, I think he had the sweet running touchdown. Well. I, I, yeah, he can he can really run, but that's not a way to sustain success in the NFL. It's about throwing the football, you know. So, I I don't know. I I think the Ravens honestly, Doug, I I think it's going to be John Harbaugh's last year. The the owner talked about I think at his season ending press conference last year that it crossed his mind to fire him. I don't think the Ravens are going to make the playoffs. Uh, it's just not good enough, and it's probably be some of Flacco's you know, problem, but I also think Harbaugh, I think the whole organization, Ozzie's about to leave, I think they're just going to hit the reset button, and I wouldn't want to hit the reset button with Lamar Jackson. I'm with you. Let's, let's, let's go to some of these rookie quarterbacks. Some are blown away from, by Josh Allen. Um, people I talked to in the NFL are like, look, if you want that to work, you need to sit him for a year. What are your thoughts on how quickly you go to, to Josh Allen as your quarterback in Buffalo? I know this. Leading into the draft, I was adamant. I, I wouldn't touch him. He's just too inaccurate. His, his film was just god-awful. Now, I, the one thing I've been burned in my life when I've made comments like that on a player is when you do bet against a super smart, high-character guy that's willing to work and he goes to the right situation, sometimes he can make you look stupid. Uh, I just flipped on a game this morning. Uh, I was out of town this weekend and was kind of blown away. Now, it was a preseason game. It was against the Browns, and he's playing the twos. But, man, he, he looks – we all knew the physical attributes, just the flash plays. But he made a couple plays. There was a unblocked defensive end, and he pump faked, and the guy jumped – the guy was three feet away from him, jumped in the air, and he ran right around him for a first down. It was just – it was like, wow. I mean, it's something like Aaron Rodgers would do. It was really impressive. So, just – and I had buddies in the league that liked him a lot. I know NFL draft Twitter hated him, and rightfully so. I mean, he was not a good college player. But I had a lot of buddies in the NFL that I respect that really, really liked him. And I think if you're a Bills fan right now, there is something to be excited about. There's no doubt about it. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. That's the voice of John Middlecoff, former NFL scout, host of a podcast called Three and Out. You should download it. If you can't find it, just go to the Herd Podcast Network. You can download it. It's awesome. So informative. Uh, just kind of makes you feel like you know way more about football than any of your buddies getting ready for this NFL season. L- let's go to Cleveland. Um, I didn't know it was Terod Taylor until last week, but okay, I'll go with Terod Taylor. I've been told substantial gap between Taylor and Baker Mayfield. And it does seem to reason that they'll they'll go with Taylor because like he wants to win and you're more likely to win with Taylor than you are with Baker. But what's your thoughts on Baker and how he's looked so far? I think Baker's looked pretty good. Uh, I think he's been calm, cool, collected, as we knew. I mean, that's what he was in college. And he's clearly really accurate. Now, there was a pass. I flipped on that game this morning, and he almost threw a pick six. You know, there there would be a, you wouldn't win as many games. 100% with Baker Mayfield starting. But you drafted him number one overall because he's going to change your franchise, not this year, but in years to come. I do think that the elephant in the room about Hugh Jackson, you got to win some games to survive. They do have a pretty good team on paper. Tyrod has looked, Tyrod, however you say it, has looked really good in the first two preseason games. He led a team. I thought the Bills were one of the least talented playoff teams, you know, in the modern era. They were not good last year. They had one blue chip player in Shady, and that was it. And Tyrod, Tyrod, is is good enough. Like to me, the Browns, if Taylor's our quarterback all season, I don't think it's crazy. Now Hugh Jackson has looked like a terrible coach in Hard Knocks through two weeks, so maybe he's just bad. But if Hugh was just a, did a solid job coaching, that this team could win seven, eight games. I mean, 
Doug, they are legitimately loaded. I mean, at every position, they have difference-making players. And Taylor's proven that he can do – now, the, the AFC East is terrible, but still, I mean, I don't think the, the AFC North is very good. Like I said, the Ravens think – I think the Bengals are going to be terrible. Now, the Steelers are good, but, I mean, they might be able to win four divisional games. No, I'm 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 with you. I think it's fascinating to see. Now, look, there's also a lot of flammability there, right? Like, that's if you know, like, pick a wide receiver like Callaway. You're going to depend on Callaway, maybe. Like Josh Gordon, you can depend on Josh Gordon, maybe. Um, and I think they have a lot of, you know, even Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett's a guy who hasn't been healthy really so far in his young uh, NFL career, as talented as he is. And they have some other guys to which they've they've gone with talent over character in many of their different choices. Fair. Well, think about think about Denzel Ward. He was drafted number four overall. He's a one year college starter, but huge upside guy, freak talent. Now, granted, two years ago he didn't start because they had two first-round corners on the team. But still, I mean, you're betting you're, that's a massive projection at number four overall. So, and they're going to expect expect him to produce at a high level, like you said about Miles Garrett. They also took him; they took him number one overall. You know, when you take a guy that high, he better become you know showing shades of Khalil Mack here soon, or people are going to kind of start getting on him. What do you think the Raiders do with Khalil Mack? I don't know. Lock and Four wrote today he didn't think he was going to show up week one. I, I, I'd be shocked if he's not there week one. I, I've heard consistently that they, they are a little uneasy with dedicating as much money as he wants because they're already paying Derek, and then you got two guys making 25 30% of your salary cap the next couple of years. I think he's one of the rare guys in the non-quarterback that is worth maxing out. You know, what's, what's the point in drafting – that high, and then nailing the draft pick in which they did in Khalil Mack, and, and not extending him to to a contract. I get if this was a third. Like I'm not into extending Earl Thomas. You, they already did that. You know, I, I'm not big on three contracts for NFL players, non quarterback. Khalil Mack's in the prime of his life, high character guy, team captain. Now three years running, he's everything every NFL team would want in a star defensive player, right? So, it's just, but it's also the nature of the NFL. I mean, non-quarterbacks that are elite get nickel and dime in contract negotiation. You see, it's happening with Aaron Donald. See, it happens with Khalil. It's happening a little with Odell, though he's you know created some of that problem. And when you even see guys get maxed out, like uh, Mike Evans did last off season, or I guess it might have been earlier this off season, he he's not like he got fifty five million dollars guaranteed, and he's a he's a superstar from that draft. Well, Khalil and Aaron Donald are asking for like $75 million guaranteed, so they're not even in the same conversation. It's, it's a tough decision, but one that I, I, I think you just have to pay him. Uh, I, I think the Rams eventually will pay Aaron Donald, even though they, like the Raiders, don't have to, right? You, get, you can franchise tag guys, you can keep them around. Uh, but what do you make of this Rob Havenstein deal? You know, this is another, now he's a right tackle, very important, obviously, to their running game and to Todd Gurley, also to Jared Goff. But to the idea that it seems like everyone's getting paid in L.A. except for Aaron Donald. Feels like Elway four or five years ago in the Denver Broncos when he was just paying every single player like they had unlimited cap space. That's what the Rams kind of feel like right now. I don't mind. I, I, I'm into paying offensive linemen. If, if you feel comfortable with the guy, I'm all for that. I, I didn't understand the Brandon Cooks one. That felt a little like McVay was so good in his first year. Clearly has a lot of juice in that organization. Like, that, that's not a great personnel decision. You know, you, you were only around the guy for OTAs, which he's clearly going to look unreal in because he can fly. And I could see McVay just kind of falling head over heels. But this, this is a guy that Sean Payton and Bill Belichick, I mean, Belichick's head of the Hall of Fame, Sean Payton might. The two Hall of Fame guys were like, no, we don't want him. And you just give him $55 million? That That, to me, was the contract that I was like, whoa. Because to Todd Gurley – they're really, even though Jared Goff and quarterback the most important player, Todd Gurley was their most important player last year. I mean, they, they gave him the ball, felt like every other play, whether it's in the passing game or handing the ball to him. But Brandon Cooks, man, I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't like that one at all. It's Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Agree with you on that one. Um, look, Pat Mahomes, the touchdown pass heard round the round the NFL, seven yards in the air to Tyreek Hill, and like, whoa. Here we go, right? What do you what do you do to the guy with maybe the best hose in the league, except and you give him the, the fastest guy in the league? 
but it's a it's a complete 180 from really what the what the Chiefs had been doing with Alex Smith. I know they got him to throw the ball downfield. I think he was second downfield throws last year, uh, yards per per attempt uh, last year. But that's not who he is, right? They're still kind. He's still kind of close to the vest, conservative. How does this work? Are they taking two steps back, a step back to take two steps forward, or is this just a step forward with a guy with a better arm like Kaepernick when he replaced uh, Alex Smith? Yeah, I think Andy thinks big picture that unlike Kaepernick, who was a great flash player and was inherited the sweet team, that Andy thinks this guy can be a complete quarterback. Big picture. I do think if you're being realistic, you got to go, well, we might take a step back this year. Most first-year starting quarterbacks, I don't think the Chiefs roster is as good as it's been the last several years. Uh, offensive personnel, speed they have talent on uh, you know, skill guys, but the defense is pretty questionable. So even if they have to go seven, eight wins this year, then I think you're thinking next the next ten years you're making the playoffs every year because this guy's talent. My, my first year in Philadelphia was Michael Vick's first year starting. Like, deep down, and when Andy drafted Donovan McNabb back in the day, one of the great just physical NFL prospects we've ever seen. I mean, basketball player, football player, absolute hose. Andy wants to go deep. You know, he, he loves speed. Deshaun Jackson, Tyree Kill, that, that's what he dreams about, just throwing bombs. But I, I think he loved Alex. He, he the smartest quarterback he's ever coached, uh, the most consistent quarterback he's ever coached from just say you knew exactly what you were going to get the problem was what you were going to get was typically not going to be good enough in the biggest moments and I, I think Andy just kind of says screw it I, I got to go all in I, I want a guy with the upside to be we talked about Super Bowls there is some randomness to you know winning three straight playoff games we've seen un, you know average players like Flacco do it but it's just can we make the playoffs every year with just this elite quarterback who gives us a better chance once we get to January. That, that's always been the problem with Alex. Yep. Once the playoffs start, you don't feel good. But if you put a good team around him, you're going to win 10, 11 games. But when the playoffs start, which the Chiefs and Andy knows, I mean, he's made the playoffs like 80% of the years he's been coaching. He knows he can get there. He just needs the quarterback to, to get him over the hump. And I think he definitely believes this, that, that Mahomes is going to be that guy, not this year, but eventually. Are you buying into the Cowboys with no name, a no-name wide receiving core? They're pretty terrible. I mean, you can't really argue that. They are, they're, a, they're atrocious on paper. I heard, I think Mark Willard said this morning when I was in the car, or I mean this weekend, that when you look at all the teams that could use Des Bryant, when you look through the NFL, the first team you circle is kind of the Cowboys. Now, I'm not the biggest Des guy, but the, the Cowboys have nothing. I, I love Zeke. And if they can run the ball, I, I think he has a chance to be an MVP. He's that good. But their receiving core, and you see it happen sometimes. Like, I, I think the Cowboys are going to be good this year. But, you know, if you're depending on Alan Hearns for like 90, you know, catches this season or Cole Beasley going to be able to play outside, I, I think that's a pretty, pretty big stretch. And you can say what you want about Jason Witten. You know, he only runs five-yard routes. He was dependable. He was a guy that at the end of the day on third and five would get you six yards and move the chain. I mean, that, that, that is gone. I, I think most people like making fun of him. We couldn't run. You know, I think they're going to miss him a little bit, just from a playing standpoint, not, not even the leadership stuff, but just he, he was a safety blanket. You know, like him or he's not Vernon Davis running down the seam, but he, he could catch you a ball when you really needed it. Who, who's going to be but that Tave- guy? Tavon Austin, like they, they couldn't make him into wide receiver in the Rams. They trade for Tavon Austin, like Alan Hearns. I just I'm I'm looking. Cole, around, Cole, I'm look- Cole Beasley is their best wide receiver. No that, question, no question. But he's best and, in the slot when you have somebody else to open up the defense. But and it's not it's not like Jason Garrett is considered to be you know Kyle Shanahan or uh, Art Bryles or something as an offensive innovator so they're going to be able to figure out Tavon Austin when when no one else could McVay had him for a year and couldn't get rid of him fast enough I I, I don't know I, I don't see it at all I, I I'm not a big Tavon Austin guy though I I agree with you check out the three and out podcast from John Middlecoff he's a former NFL scout and he's awesome when he's on with us John thanks so much for joining us man thanks Doug have a good one Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com 
And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. We got a lot to talk to with our next guest. He's the head coach of Penn State. James Franklin. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, coach, what are your thoughts on the preseason prognosticators picking you guys 10th and 9th in the various polls? Yeah, you know, obviously I think it's nice. It shows the respect that we're, we've earned, you know, uh, with all the hard work the last couple of years. But, you know, as you know, preseason rankings don't mean a whole lot. It's it's where you finish at the end of the season. So it's nice to be mentioned with those programs, um, but you know, we're really more focused on, you know, our season and doing what we have to to be where we want to be at the end of the season. All right, a new chapter kind of begins, obviously, when you lose Saquon, kind of a signature player that you've been able to build around, but – um, obviously, when you have a quarterback who has the, the the level of experience that you guys have, how does that how's that going to change how you look when we see you against uh, App State? Well, you didn't hear that Saquon left uh, left camp and is coming back. He turned down the thirty two million guaranteed. He's coming back. You haven't heard that? No, that's that's news to me. If you'd like to break news for us, that'd be that'd be great if that was actually happening. <laughs> Well, you know, obviously whenever you got a, uh, you know, returning quarterback, veteran quarterback like Trace, who's you know, played a lot of football for us and won a lot of games, you know, that you, that you feel good. And obviously our O-line is, is, you know, drastically improved from when we first got here. You know, defensively, that was one of our question marks, our D-line. But, um, you know, I, I, I've, I've been pleased with how he's been, you know, in camp so far. And Trace has been who he's been for three years, which is, no steady Eddie. You know what you're getting from him. He knows how to prepare. He knows how to work. He knows how to lead. You know, we're expecting him to have a big year for us. Uh, okay. What about losing that type of weapon at running back? You know, look, you, you guys were able to buy a lot of time for Trace to throw the ball deep downfield. Uh, how much does that change when the backfield behind him changes? Yeah, I mean, obviously people are, you know, with, with Saquon Barkley in the backfield, people were concerned about that. But you know, I, I'm a believer in, in the backs that we have coming back, and Miles Sanders was the number one you know running back recruit, um, you know, coming out of high school his year, and it's you know he's been sitting behind Saquon for a couple of years now and is ready for his turn, and and we got a you know we I think we have a stronger offensive line unit. I think you know we've really improved. We've gotten better each year, and you know I think the combination of our line improvement and also Miles and Mark Allen and. Um, you know, Ricky Slade and Journey Brown and Jonathan Thomas and some of the backs that we've, you know, had waiting their turn. I think the combination of an improved O-line and the experience and talent that we have at the running back position, you know, I, I think we can have similar production. Maybe not the same production, but similar. James Franklin, head coach of Penn State, joining us. Ranked number 10 in the country, the AP poll, nine in the coaches. He joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. You're not blind, deaf, or dumb. I'm sure people have asked you about it, but I, I, I need to because there's a, there's a bunch of different avenues in which I'd like to get into, but your, your initial blush reaction when you and Willie Taggart are, are in the secret coaches poll, uh, I think it's one-fifth of the college football coaches, have you ranked as the, the most overrated coach how do, how do you feel personally when you read that? Well, you know, obviously, you know, you, you'd love to be respected and liked by everybody. Um, you know, I think that's human nature. But to be honest with you, I'm focused on our team and I'm focused on, on getting ready for App State. Um, you know, I, I, I'm very proud of, of what we've been able to accomplish as a staff um, at both Vanderbilt, a place that's been challenging to win and, and then coming here at Penn State at a very tough time, and we're, we've been able to get these things turned around. So at the end of the day, for me, I want our players and our coaches and myself, you know, to make sure that we do everything we possibly can each day to get better as an organization and also individually. And and if you do that, I think you sleep very well at night. So you know, there's always going to be some critics, and there's always going to be some different perspectives, but. I sleep very well at night, uh, you know, knowing knowing what we've done here at Penn State and what we've done over our careers. There's two other programs in the Big Ten East that are that have their coaches currently kind of suspended with pay, if you will. Um, what's the what's the what's the message that you've sat down with your coaches and talked about in terms of your guys' responsibility and how things are handled? Has there anything, been anything that you guys have sat down and talked about in watching each or both of these situations 
and really tried to restate to your coaches and maybe even to your players in terms of their responsibility and how things are perceived outside the program based on what's going on inside the program? Yeah, I wouldn't say specific to those programs. I'd say in general, whenever we see anything in high school, college, or professional sports, you know, we discuss it. We discuss it. You know, we put it up usually in our team PowerPoint and our team meeting. Uh, it's something we discuss as staff. Um, you know, so we just constantly try to learn and constantly try to grow um, as much as we possibly can to learn from all different situations. You know, so. You know, that, that's how we kind of approach it, but not specific to any, any organizations or, or universities. James Franklin joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. There, there is this, you know, some of these situations come up because a new coaching staff comes in and one, you want to weed out guys, and two, you want a culture of toughness. How do you instill a culture of toughness without stepping over that imaginary line? Well, I, I think, you know, that's always the challenge in, in, in football and, and contact sports like that, that, you know, you got you to gotta be aggressive and you got to push guys, and um, that's, that's physically push them to get in the best shape as possible, and that's mentally push them and all those types of things. But there's so many different things that you can do now. You know, we use a lot of technology that tracks heart rates. Um, you know, we have a sports scientist. We have a nutritionist. Um, all our practices are open to our families and to the administration and, and all those types of things. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a tough, challenging sport. But I think you also have to you know, you know, be able and willing to use all the resources. And, and uh, you know, I think, you know, we have parents at our practices every single day. And, um, you know, I, I think you just you just got to you just got to you know, be open to those types of things. And. That, that's what we try to do. Again, not based on what's going on anywhere specifically, just in general. That's how we've always done it. That's how that we did it at Vanderbilt. And now since coming to Penn State, we got a little bit more resources. So we've been able to get into the sports science aspects. And now we're able to you know, be able to tell how far a guy has run, how fast he's run, what his heart rate is at. And all that stuff's really valuable information. And I think two years ago, the Minnesota game felt like kind of the turnaround game, and and it's been incredible ever since. Uh, But then I remember watching the Ohio State game, which is obviously an unbelievable ending. Of course, you guys get them. You get Michigan State. You get Wisconsin. You get Iowa all in Happy Valley this year. James Franklin, head coach of Penn State, joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. This is just kind of a me question. I, I was watching that Ohio State game, I think it was, and you guys had like 50 of the best local high school, state of Pennsylvania high school players there. It's one of the things that you do a great job of, your staff does, of getting players on campus to, to, to feel the atmosphere, which is incredible there. How do you pick which one they come to? Like, you got Ohio, like, there's, a, there's like three ridiculous games there. Wisconsin, Michigan State, Ohio State. How do you pick, all right, this is the one that we're going to get them all to come to? Well, you you really don't because it's all based on the on on that high school player schedule what allows them to come. I mean, everybody wants to come to the whiteout game that we have every year because you know that's obviously the one that that people get the most excited about. But when we have a schedule like like you mentioned, you know, there's always great games to come to. I, I think our opening game against App State is going to be one of the better environments in college football because that's just how it is, you know, in Beaver Stadium week in and week out. So. You know, for us, we invite all the top prospects to games, and based on their, you know, high school schedule, whether they're playing on a Friday or Saturday, you know, really dictates a lot of that. Whether our game is an afternoon game or you know, or a night game, you know, factors into can can guys get here and get home at a reasonable time. Um, you know, all those things really factor in. But we just try to get as many good players to games as we possibly can, and when you. When your stadium holds 107,000, you got a little bit more flexibility maybe than some other people. Fair enough. I mean, look, I can't wait to see McSorley and Juwan Johnson, who's just a monster, and, and then that offense go. But, you know, you talked to enough college football coaches. Like, look, what separates the championship-level teams from the really good teams is up front and up the middle. And that's the place where you're replacing linebackers and new starters at defensive tackle. What's your level of confidence in so many of these vaunted recruits that you've been able to bring in and some of the backups being able to step up to that, that task? Well, they're going to have to. You know, like you said, we graduated a lot of players. We had six guys drafting, 15 guys you know, um, you know, you know, that are in NFL camps right now. So 
Uh, we lost a lot of guys, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think we're as good as anybody at corner. I think we're as good as anybody at DN, and and we're probably further along at, at D-tackle and, and linebacker than I thought we would. So, you know, we're making some progress there. I think Nick Scott at safety is going to have a big year for us, you know, kind of like Troy Apke did, you know, um, you know, the year before that, you know, coming into his senior year. So, um, you know, we're excited about it, but there's no doubt we got question marks there. You never truly know until you get into a game situation. Penn State will win the Big Ten if – finish that sentence for me. Well, I mean, that, 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 you can ask me that question for the next 20 years. It's, you know, you know, do we, you know, do we protect the football on offense? Do we create turnovers on defense? You know, do we eliminate pre-snap and post-snap penalties? You know, and do we have the ability to, you know, dictate tempo on offense? And do we have the ability to make people one-dimensional on defense? I mean, that's, that, that, that will never change. James Franklin, head coach at Penn State. Obviously some huge expectations in a crazy difficult league, but you've always welcomed it. You've always welcomed uh, us uh, kind of into your program. Really appreciate you being our guest and look forward to seeing you guys against App State. No problem. Thank you. Have a great day. Uh, That's James Franklin, head coach of the Nittany Lions. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Traveling for college hoops this winter? Pro tip, stay at a graduate hotel. They're obsessed with college basketball, just like us. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to the local team with lots of cool details for alumni. Nods to school colors, mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? They have 30-plus hotels in the best college towns. And get this, you can save up to 30% with the code DUG. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book your basketball stays at graduatehotels.com. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.